It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 11th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's loss to the Phoenix Suns, a crushing 98-94 to 94 defeat. We'll talk about why that loss occurred and perhaps one of the big overarching problems that we already know about this Magic team that continues to cost them games or at least make them sweat just a little bit. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the Phoenix Suns perspective on Friday's game? Check out Locked On Suns. Want to look ahead to the Monday's game against the Sacramento Kings? Check out Locked On Kings. No matter which team you're curious about, cheer for, or hate, there's a local Locked On podcast for you. Download your favorite podcast today. Wherever you download podcasts, search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, or college, college or NHL too, there's a podcast for you, plus our national podcast as well. Check them all out wherever you download podcasts, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Before the game began, the Orlando Magic knew they would have a tall task ahead of them. Both DJ Augustine and Aaron Gordon were ruled out before the game. DJ Augustine with a left knee contusion that had been bothering him actually for a few games, according to Coach Steve Clifford. And with an extra day off, the Magic felt like they could give him a little extra rest by resting him this game. Aaron Gordon, having that trouble troublesome right ankle, was still feeling some calf soreness or some ankle soreness. It's really not clear what exact, where exactly the soreness is coming from. And the Magic decided also to let him sit a game. So the Magic already down several key players, and Michael Carter-Williams talked to the media and said that he's starting to make progress and starting to to get back into the swing of things, starting to take contact on his shoulder, which is which is sprained. And he could be back soon. But with all the injuries the Magic have had, this was a very depleted roster coming into Phoenix. G League superstar Josh Majette would get his opportunity to play. But really, this game was going to be a test of a lot of things for the Magic. Their fight... Their execution, or their frankly, their willingness to shake off mistakes. Players would have to step up for sure. 
players would have to play at a higher level and, and play more efficiently and effectively in more expanded roles. But at the same time, the Magic just had to kind of do the same things that they always do. And just do them effectively. And that's what the Magic did for a good chunk of this game. Yes, there were mistakes and turnovers, but the, the one thing you can't question about this Magic team is, is their willingness to fight. The thing that I am most impressed about, the thing that is most solid about this team is they don't give up on games. And they are willing to get down and get dirty and fight and claw their way into games and, and give themselves a chance. But as I think I will explain later on, giving yourself a chance is one thing. Winning the game is another. And yes, it was very reliable players for the Magic, for the most part, that helped determine this game. With about a minute to go, you know, Orlando was down by 11 at one point in the third quarter. They rally back, play some fantastic defense throughout the entire fourth quarter. And in a, in a nip and tuck game, the Magic had the advantage. With about a minute to play, Nikola Vucevic hits his second straight three-pointer to give Orlando a four-point lead. Not insurmountable by any means. Obviously, Magic would lose. But but at the time, felt like a very big game, a very big win, and a very big shot. Orlando, with everything that had gone against them, everything that they are facing, every single roadblock put in their way, had found the will to get a win on the road, or so they thought. And that's when Devin Booker happened. On the following possession coming out of a timeout, Booker does a good job running off a screen by DeAndre Ayton and drains a three. As Steve Clifford would say after the game, not much the defense could do there. It's a good shot. It was a tough shot. And of course, now a three-point game is once again a one-point game. And as I said throughout the game on, online, when you're playing as undermanned as the Magic are, it's the details that matter most. When you're struggling to, when, when you're just when you're just undermanned, when guys have to step up more, it's making the simple plays that matter most. And that's where the Magic ran into some trouble. Markel Fultz made the right play, had to step on Ricky Rubio got toward the basket. And then by his own admission, he tried to do too much. Instead of going up for the shot or trying to reset the offense in some way, he tried to whip the ball back out to the perimeter to Evan Fournier. Not usually a bad idea, but in this case, it was essentially like saving the ball under your own basket. The Suns stole it, they got out in transition, and Devin Booker hit a three to give the Suns the lead once again. A two-point lead. Orlando had seen their four-point lead disappear in an instant. And now it was about execution. And frankly, this Orlando team didn't execute that well offensively all night. It was a struggle. Everything was a struggle because, again, there's down so many players and, frankly, the Suns' defense was willing to trap and, and crowd any player that wasn't, any player that, that was worth their salt, whether it was Nikola Vucevic or Evan Fournier. It was tough. It was a tough game offensively for the Magic, for sure. And so, 
the Suns switched. Evan Fournier kind of blew up the play a little bit to try and force feed the ball to Nikola Vucevic. They got it to him. And with Devin Booker behind him, trying to pull the chair, trying to, to, to swipe and grab at everything that Nikola Vucevic was doing to try and set him up in the post. Eventually, he did pull the chair. Perhaps pulling Nikola Vucevic in the process. Regardless, the refs did not call a foul. Right, we'll see what the last two-minute report will say later on today. The officials did not call a foul. Nikola Vucevic turned the ball over, and the Suns were able to essentially ice the game at the free-throw line. A three-point lead was something the Magic couldn't overcome. Evan Fournier couldn't get a good shot off, and the Suns were able to pull away for a 98-94 to victory. For sure, there is no excuse for this for losing this game. Even with the injuries, even with everything working against the Magic in the way that it worked against the Magic in this one. There is no excuse for losing this game. The Magic had the game in their clutches. They had the ability clearly to pull it off. They played fantastic defense against one of the best against the number 12 offense in the in the league. They were able to withstand all of it. And they weren't able to get the win. This is one they will regret. And there are always games like this in the course of a season. So I, I, I get losing to a struggling, you know, kind of not even middle of the road, just outside the pack Phoenix Suns team feels like a bad loss. And in fact, I would agree. I would argue this is the worst loss of the, the, the at least the third worst loss of the season or at least it's probably the second worst loss of the season with that, that Hawks game at home being the worst loss uh, and sandwiched between the two losses of the Hawks, which again, Trey Young was really good in that first game. I don't think that that's, that, that, that's crazy. But at the end of the day, Orlando didn't have the composure. That's my big thing right now. I do think that this team has poise. I do think that this team has sort of an institutional knowledge about making the playoffs. And that's why I don't think they're in trouble after this one. You listen to players talk about this game afterward. Evan Fournier said, this is a tough one for sure. This is one we should have had. It, Markel Fultz saying, I, over, I overthought things. I learned my lesson. That won't happen again. In fact, I, I thought it was very telling that the 21-year-old point guard posted on his Instagram Mistakes aren't failure; they're they're lessons. You know, I think there's a I think I think this group has a good head on their shoulders. I, I do think that they'll be better for this. And whether you know, I would expect DJ Augustine will be ready to play on Monday. But no matter who plays on Monday, I expect a much better effort against the Sacramento Kings. And frankly, I, I still think that that's you know I'll have to watch. I've watched the Kings a little bit, but I, I would think that the Magic still should feel very similar to how they felt about this game. That they should have a very good chance to win if they. Pay attention to detail and focus in on themselves. How they respond is what is ultimately going to matter coming out of this. It was a bad loss. They gave the ship away. They made mistakes that cost them this game. And Phoenix made shots to pay, make them pay. So, you know, all credit to the Suns as well. It was a, tough, it was a tight game throughout. And, and Orlando just didn't have enough. Did, you know, Orlando kind of dropped the ball at the end. But, as I think we all know, this Magic team is missing something late in games. 
They fight really well. They play hard for most of a 48-minute game, if not all of a 48-minute game. But there is that thing that's missing, and it's probably the most obvious thing of all. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. But first, let's run through the final box score for you real fast. Not a lot to come out of this game. Really, the scoring concentrated in four hands. Evan Fournier, 28 points, 9 for 21 shooting, 3 for 11 from beyond the arc, 7 for 8 from the foul line, uh, 3 rebounds, 3 steals. I I really, uh, until the final minute and a half, I really loved Evan Fournier's game in this one. Um, You know, I think the Magic needed someone to step up and kind of take the reins and Fournier really did that. Um, you know, the Suns tried to play him physically. He was able to shrug that off and get to the basket really whenever he wanted to. Um, you know, I thought he did a really good job attacking Devin Booker and attacking the switches. Um, and, and he was just, he was laser focused on scoring. And, and while his three-point shot wasn't going in, and, and that's certainly a point of contention, Orlando only makes nine of 33 three-pointers. I, I do think they fell in love a little bit with the three-point shot in this one. Um I really liked how Fournier had an aggressive mindset. I mean, you look at it, 9 for 21, you take out that 3 for 11, he's 6 for 10 on two-pointers. He's getting to the line for eight free throw attempts. Fournier did a really nice job. On top of that, I thought he actually played a really nice game on Devin Booker. Um, Booker got himself going in the first half, and, and there was certainly an adjustment to make. But Fournier did a really good job staying on Booker's hip and really contesting and, and forcing him not to take shots off screens. Every time Booker seemed to get himself lined up for a shot Fournier off a screen, Fournier was right there, and he wasn't biting on fakes and wasn't letting him get to the basket. He fouled him a little bit too much in the second quarter, I agree, but uh, and the Magic did as a whole. It wasn't just Fournier, but I thought Fournier did a really, really, really nice job defensively. This, I mean, if not for some, some bad decisions and bad plays, maybe not bad decisions, but not ideal decisions late in, ga- late in the game, this would have been a, a really strong game for Evan Fournier. I, I think that some of the late Magic's late game issues in this one are directly related to the players on the floor. Uh, there were there were a few occasions late in the game where Fournier had the ball in his hands and had Wesselwundu wide open or Markel Fultz wide open on the perimeter, and Fournier seemed to wave them off. Um, you know, I, I think that. I mean, those two guys obviously aren't great, reliable shooters, and I think that was part of it. But I, I think that, you know, when there's criticism that Fournier hones in too much on Nikola Vucevic, this is where it's born from. And, and I think there is, I, I don't think it's as pronounced as, as some fans believe it is, but I don't deny that it is there. And, and late in the game, you could tell Evan Fournier was only feeding the ball to Nikola Vucevic because that was the only guy he trusted. And so I think late in game, when we're talking about the Magic's late game issues, Orlando is 7-11 in games that are within five points in the final five minutes. When we're talking about the Magic in late game situations and some of their struggles in late game situations, it's really about trust. Trust in the offense, which obviously has struggled. So, you know, I can understand maybe breaking it off and trying to just keep the ball in the hands of the quality players and 
Trust in your teammates. And again, trust in your teammates. We know Nikola Vucevic is really good. We know Evan Fournier is really good. We know Terrence Ross is really good. You know, Aaron Gordon, spotty shooter. Jonathan Isaac, spotty shooter. What's the one new spotty shooter? Markel Fultz, spotty shooter. You know, unless it's C.J. Augustine in the corner there, I, I, I can kind of understand why there's a little bit of a lack of trust in these late-game situations. But I would argue that if the Magic want to get where they want to get, these players have to be able to trust those role players to step up and hit big shots, even if the percentages say they're not good shooters. Teams are going to leave them open. They will have opportunities. And if you trust them, they will reward you for it. Look at what look at the clutch shots Jonathan Isaac's made in his career. He's, he's not a great shooter, but he has made big shots. The Magic have guys like that who, who can step up when the time calls for it, I believe. And I'm a big, I'm a big process over results guy. This is an 82-game season. You're gonna have games where you lose on a missed shot and you just live with it. And honestly, like if it weren't for the fouling and weren't for blowing the lead with a four-point game, losing on Devin Booker hitting a couple threes. You know, as long as they're contested, which the first one was, the second one was a miscommunication and transition. So the, the second one, certainly, they could have done better on. But if it comes down to, to that, then you live with it. And if it comes down to getting an open shot and missing an open shot late in the game, you know, you look for ways to improve upon it, but you live with it. And I think that's where the Magic ran into trouble, especially after they gave up the lead. You kind of see the, not panic, but you could see the team not playing with the same level of intensity or focus. Uh, not focus, but you could see them rushing a little bit. And I definitely think that was part of the problem late in the game. So, Evan Fournier, really nice game. Maybe some some mistakes down the stretch for him. Nikola Vucevic, also 18 points, 8 for 21 shooting, 13 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 turnovers, 2 steals. Took a while for Vucevic to get going. Had a really poor first half. I thought Phoenix did a really good job um, sending doubles to him uh, and, and, and double-teaming him from different angles. They switched a lot, so they always had smaller guys on him and kind of forced the Magic to to dive into uh, into into mismatches and, uh, and and try and try and force feed him the ball, which you know I think the Magic did a fair amount of. I'm not a huge fan of some of the post up looks that Vucevic got, um, and and I think he was still better and more effective when he was on the perimeter. To be honest, um, when pulling pulling DeAndre Ayton or or Aaron Baines away from the basket, but overall I felt like Vucevic, you know, locked in in the second half. Um, really carried the team throughout the second half and and did a really really good job overall. Um, you know, kind of pacing the team. Uh, you know, you can talk talk about that turnover late in the game, uh, but you know, I think that the last two minute report will will justify that that was not completely his fault. So, Vucevic, a solid but not spectacular game. Certainly stepped up in the second half and and, and played better there. Terrence Ross, eighteen points, six for 16, 16 shooting, three for twelve from beyond the arc. Um, I felt like Ross was gunning a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan when Ross kind of plays that style as much. Um, I felt like he was coming around and just and just shooting threes and just popping threes um, pretty relatively indiscriminately and 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 taking the worst kind of shots that he takes. Um, you know, when, when he's hitting them, great. But 
I felt like he was kind of disrupting the offense and, and hunting for a shot, trying to just lift the bench up. Because, again, he was the only guy scoring off the bench. The bench scored only 23 points. Terrence Ross had 18 of them. So, uh, you know, Ross scored. Ross did that part of his job. But I still think that there was a little bit more that he could do. I, I was not a fan of his game. Marco Fultz, the only other player in double figures, 15 points, 6 for 13 shooting, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 turnovers. He will certainly regret the turnovers. You know, it was just kind of a little wild. And, and you know, I, I always say you got to kind of hit pause with Fultz and remember that he's a rookie. He's going to make rookie mistakes. That game, that play late in the game was a rookie mistake. Uh, you know, he knows better uh, and, and he will not make that mistake again. And, and so I think that, you know, it's it's something you live with. Uh, an aggressive play from Marco Fultz, a play trying to do something for his teammates. Yes, it's in a big moment, but I, I really do think you live with it as long as he learns from it, as long as it doesn't become habit. Um, and, and again, judging by the way this kid reacted to it, I, I really do think that he understands that and, and is and is going to be better for it. So I, I'm not, I don't go, I'm not going crazy over the, over the Marco Fultz turnover. I thought that he was really good. I thought that he was really aggressive. Um, you know, I thought that he got the magic into their sets. You know, he, he struggled a little bit defending Ricky Rubio. Rubio was kind of able to get into the paint and, and Rubio pulled some veteran tricks on him. But again, I still think a lot of this stuff is stuff that, that Fultz needs to learn from and can only learn from through experience. So I think he'll come out of this better in the end. Orlando didn't get a lot of scoring elsewhere. Wesawundu just one for seven. Ken Birch, I thought, had a nice game. Two for four shooting, six points, 11 rebounds. Um, again, just not much of a threat unless he's getting offensive rebounds. Um, Josh Majette, three points, one for five shooting, two assists. You know, did did admirably in his minutes, I felt like. Uh, you know, he didn't, didn't rock the boat, didn't do anything crazy. Um, you know, you know, needs to be, you know, looked a little nervous maybe with some of his shots, but overall, nice game for him. Emil Jefferson, just two points, five rebounds. Orlando shoots just 37.1% from the floor, 9 for 33 from beyond the arc. They get 14 offensive rebounds to fight, certainly there, but an uncharacteristic 14 turnovers, including six in the fourth quarter, costing the Orlando Magic this game. So again, it's about the attention to detail. It's about making the right plays. It's about protecting the ball and protecting possessions, especially when you are undermanned. The Phoenix Suns led in scoring by Devin Booker with 24 points, 7 for 15 shooting, 5 assists. The shooting percentage is good. Booker had a very good game. Orlando did a good job controlling him, especially in that second half. But Phoenix shoots 41.8% from the floor, just 9 of 28 from the from the three-point line. So Orlando did a very good job defensively. Need to repeat that. The Magic did a very good job defensively. It was just about getting offensive consistency and finding consistent offensive attackers without some of those key players. They're going to need someone outside of their kind of normal guys to step up and provide some nice scoring if they're going to they're going to take games against quality teams while guys are out. And so certainly certainly that's still a work in progress. The Orlando Magic fall to the Phoenix Suns 98 to 94. Their road trip continues Monday in Sacramento against the Sacramento Kings. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as I said before, we know this Magic team has a big problem. You know, whenever I talk to to fans and talk to followers uh, online, inevitably our conversations kind of reach this point that, yes, this team has a bit of a ceiling. They are a 7 or an 8 seed, and that's 
kind of what they are at the moment. And the question then, of course, is how do they get better? How do they create more? Because no one wants to be stuck there. You know, people say that I do. I don't. I think it's okay to be there again this year, but I don't think they should be there permanently. The question is, how do they get better? How do they get significantly better? And of course, the answer to that question is a simple one. This team has a lot of really nice players, but they don't have a true go-to player. They don't have a guy that can take over games, that can help them win games, that can create his own shot from nothing, that can beat good defense consistently. And again, those players might be hard to find. They don't have a perennial all-star. And of course, if, if you're going to compete at a high level, you need good players. More than any other sport, the NBA is where elite players shine the brightest. Now, Perhaps one of their elite players, a potential elite player, is sitting on the bench with a knee sprain. Jonathan Isaac certainly has become a defensive monster, and and some of the magic rely on on that end of the floor. Another potentially elite player, and Markel Fultz, is essentially a rookie, still kind of learning and growing in the game and making a positive impact, but maybe not the impact that he will ultimately make for the team. So it's not like the magic are short on those options. But as I tell everyone when I make and I have these conversations that yes, I agree this is something the Magic need to find. I don't disagree with that. The question is, where do you find it? How do you find it? And my suspicion is they won't do that heavy lifting. They won't do that kind of a deal if they find that kind of a deal that they want until the offseason. So my question always turns back to this. The question isn't about what you don't have right now. The question is, how do you make the most of what you have currently? And that question gets most difficult late in games. Because the Magic, you know, when defenses get tighter, when when offenses start to struggle even more, and it's not like the Magic's offense is great to begin with, when all that happens... You have to go to your best player to find a way to to beat defense that is loaded up against them. That's more focused and, and and the pressure is more heightened. And that's where the Magic have struggled a lot this year. Like I said, Orlando was 7 and 11 in games within five points in the final five minutes. They've actually played the ninth fewest games of that type which I thought was really odd because I think the Magic have played a lot of close games. I think the Magic have fought really well and, and the Magic haven't taken a lot of blowout losses. They've been pretty good overall. But time and time and time again, the Magic have faced star players late in games making their life difficult. It was Devin Booker in this game with back-to-back three-pointers. Turning a four-point lead into a two-point deficit. Just like that. In a snap of a finger. But that's not the only time that's happened. In the second game of the season, Trey Young did it and scoring 39 points. Hitting a banked-in three to seal that game. Against the Washington Wizards, Bradley Beal scored... What was it? 15 points in the final two minutes? 
Erasing a 15-point deficit and making it a one-point game before Markel Fultz's heroic steal and dunk kind of closed that game up. It was Nikola Jokic hitting a wrong-legged fadeaway jumper near the end of the game. A shot that the Magic simply don't really have in their arsenal. So that to multiple teams this year. It was Joel Embiid going on a three-point binge to turn what looked like a really comfortable win into a one-point nail-biter against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Magic made plenty of mistakes in the process. That game, specifically, they missed a lot of free throws. So it's not like Orlando is powerless to stop these teams and stop these plays. But consistently late in games, they haven't made these plays. Consistently late in games, their fight, which they've shown plenty of, turns into frustration, turns into being rushed, turns into making mistakes. And consistently, the Magic haven't performed late in games at the level that they will need to if they are going to win, if they're going to win at a high level. And this is the big struggle for the Magic this year. Yes, we all can understand, and I didn't even mention Donovan Mitchell's fourth quarter run against the Jazz on the road or or anything like that. We all understand the Magic are missing this piece. No one's denying it. No one, I don't think anyone will argue against it. That's not the kind of team the Magic are. They would all say that. They would say, we're, we're not the kind of team that can dump the ball to one guy. And despite sometimes play, trying to play that way late in games, that's, that's not how they have to play. And so the question is, how do the Magic counteract kind of star power? Can they? That's the big question. That's the biggest question. It's the question that'll probably haunt them into the playoffs when they make it. So how do they counteract star power when they really don't have it yet? They don't have that guy. They're a team that has to, to kind of beat you gradually rather than in one fell swoop like some of these teams can. I don't really have the answer to this other than to say the Magic need to execute better. Late in games... They show great poise and fight throughout the game, but late in games, you can see the pressure building. Late in games, you can see their decisions getting rushed and they're, and they're making mistakes. You can plainly see it. And so, for them, it's about reducing those mistakes. You want to counteract a star... Score back. Work your offense. Stay calm. Stay poised. Stay patient. And find a way to get the ball in the basket. Again, with this team and the way they played offense, that might be easier said than done. But this is going to be a storyline throughout the rest of the season. It's already a storyline. It's a storyline throughout the rest of the season. And probably previews the biggest need that the Magic ultimately have to address this summer. That question might be saved. That answer to that question might be saved for the summer. But for now, the magic have to find their way. 
and prevent losses like this from happening again. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the different places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosson-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.